people, we are all the way up, and you know what it is. It's another Wednesday with your boys on the faction. That's right, and I'm not by myself. I have the valedictorian, the founder, the father of Jackson and Jordan with me, Mr. GB. How are you, fam? What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday to you guys. Uh, we look a little different to you today, don't we? We look a little different. We look a little belted, if you will. Uh, we've got a championship theme happening here with us here at the faction, which uh, it is what it is. We are the champions. This is how it goes down. This is how it normally happens. We also have the mouth of Memphis with us. That's right, Mr. Brandon J. Clack. Maybe today we'll find out what the J actually stands for besides Judas. Brandon Clack, how are you? <laughs> Justified because all the times I put you down on this show, I've got justification for it because you deserve it. Uh, I'm happy to be here. I have the only belt that actually matters. Every quality champion that has ever lived has held this belt, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I got uh, some attitude error pumping in the background. I'm ready to go. Uh, we shall not have a battle of the belts because there have been some greats to wear this red NWA TV title, the likes of a Tully Blanchard and an Arn Anderson, who you know nothing about because you were so stuck in New York. But you do know that the big gold belt, the belt that so many have been measured by, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. I mean, Triple H has held this belt. Sting. Goldberg, Sting. I mean, the list is crazy. And this is the only belt of all of the ones featured here that has actually shown up in multiple promotions. Very true. That mm -hmm. thing that Clack has on, I don't know where that's from, but the big gold is the gold standard. It is the gold mm -hmm. standard. And so uh, it's exciting to show this off to you guys. I hope you guys are enjoying us in video land. You guys don't get to see this, but this is really how we do the show pretty regularly. We just put it on audio. But um, speaking of video, how are you guys doing? How's the week been? Man, I'm actually really good. Things are really heating up here in San Antonio, literally. Yeah. It's going to be 100 degrees within the next few days. Are Someone you come and rescue me. Whoa. Whoa. And you still have to stay inside, right? But you guys are about to open up in, in Texas, uh, right? San Antonio opens up officially on Friday. Uh, Courtney Beard, is, I'm going to let y'all have it for the first 14 days and tell me what it looks like out there so y'all can have it. And how about you, Clack? How are things there? And are they opening up? Uh, they're opening up Tennessee soon, right? Yeah, I think probably within the next week or so, maybe two weeks, something like that. Wow. But uh, I will still be on the inside. I have <laughs> no time to catch nothing. I, I yeah. just can't afford it. I'm not yeah. staying where I am. Well, of course, you guys know how crazy it is here in Georgia. Uh, the state somewhat reopened this past uh, Saturday or Friday. Friday, actually. And uh, there are some unique pictures floating around of folks in parks going kind of crazy. Um, I've seen some stories with, uh, you know, hair sh shops open and house it, parties house part well the house party was in chicago which well that's that's possible too i do know this on friday they're supposed to be opening up the malls and i'm just going holy cow this is problematic fam and so i don't i don't like it i'll be staying indoors um but I won't say for the first time, but I really do understand the juxtaposition of all of this because the challenge is you absolutely have people who want to get back to work, but you've got millions. You know, they said 10% of the state of Georgia filed for unemployment. That's a massive number of people. and they Most of those were wrestling contractors. Uh, well, they're in there, but you know, it's, it's a tough spot right now and people aren't getting unemployment as they should. So it's the, it's the question of, okay, do we go back to work um, and get money in while waiting for this unemployment? Do we put ourselves at risk? It's pretty challenging. Um, and watching my timeline is fun too. So yeah, of course. Yeah. Just a position. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Well, you know, every now and again, I like to break out a word. Just, you know, random. Now and then he shows why he's the valedictorian. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, if you guys have been missing our content, the best thing for you to do is just go and subscribe to our podcast. Leave a comment. Rate it. Let us know what you're thinking about our content. We've had a lot of fun bringing you great content. And this continues to be the evolution 
Uh, yeah, it's the evolution. Not necessarily the horseman, but the, you get it. It's the evolution of the faction, and uh, we're coming to you on video, and uh, we may be doing this a lot more regularly. We've been wanting to do it, but it's one of the cool things coming out of the pandemic, I guess, is that you get to see our faces, and you get to connect with us uh, as you're doing in the uh, chat room there on Facebook. So with that said, let's dive into uh, a bunch of news and topics that we have to talk about today. Uh, my, my belt is actually real and heavier, so I'm going to put this down. You oh, guys, well, I need to put this point. down, too, because quite frankly, it's hurting uh, my shoulder. Uh, but what you'll see is when I put this down, there's another one up <laughs> in the background to replace it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Clack has got the shoulders of Goldberg or somebody because he you can know, real champions them. don't drop their titles. So oh. I, I, I'm oh, if this were around the horn, you'd get a ding for that. <laughs> I would. That was all right. <laughs> Very nice. So with that said, let's kind of get into what we're going to talk about today because we've got a lot on the uh, on the docket here. First up. We've got to talk about Monday Night Raw and what's been happening on Raw and quite frankly in all of WWE because WWE right now is in an interesting situation, uh, perhaps more of an interesting situation than I would have ever imagined. This past week for uh, Monday Night Raw, it saw its lowest rating ever for a non-holiday show and they're about 400,000 viewers away from hitting the all-time lowest rating for a Monday Night Raw Ever. This past week drew 1.814 million viewers, which is down from 1.842 last week. And like I said, the lowest one of all time was a holiday show in December 28, one, excuse me, 2018 of 1.775 million viewers. Houston, we have a problem. And I think this is bigger than a talent deficit. Um, I want to ask you guys. What's going on, and uh, can WWE recover? Because what we're seeing on Raw and SmackDown is their ratings plummeting to the lowest numbers we've seen perhaps ever. Can they recover from this in this pandemic era? I'll let uh, one Vincent Kennedy McMahon the fourth take this one. That's a, that's a great suggestion, and I'm glad that you are in humility and knowing when greatness should speak first. I do not think that they can recover because we are at a major talent oh, deficit. Here you go. And the reason that. why I believe that is because the NBA is not at a talent deficit. And the second that they come back, the ratings will be where it always is. It just won't be the people in the stands. Even if the NFL has to submit to the pandemic rules and nobody's in the stadium, I guarantee you, everybody will be watching Monday Night Football. We are at a talent deficit. And because we have so many options on social media, there are so many other things for people to do. They're just not as interested in an empty building and watching wrestlers that we can't even remember their names. I mean, guys are, are leaving the company and I, I'm not even gonna care. It's not even gonna matter. So I think because we're at a talent deficit, that's probably why we're in the greatest shambles of our lives. Uh, Courtney, would you care to respond? I, I, well, I don't know if there's much of a, uh, a response, but I'm going to call it a rare alliance. I, too, have turned the corner and agree with Clack. Don't be shocked every now and then we can get along uh, on this earth. Uh, one of the things that I will say, GB, that I've realized is I've gone back and watched some of the more sacred areas and times of wrestling is that we don't have guys on the microphone who can keep me interested for long bouts of time. Now, perhaps they were, they've been able to do that in other federations, uh, but they've not had the chains unleashed to do so right now. I think about the great promos of one Rock, uh, Rocky Johnson, uh, or Rocky Maivia, whatever you want to call him, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, even the Generation X at that point, Mick Foley. I think about the Ric Flairs and the Dusty Rhodes. Uh, I have yet to watch Raw uh, since the pandemic has happened and been captivated by a moment by them having in-ring, on-mic skills prowess. Now, there's been some great matches, but in order to keep us all involved, we want the emotion of it. Sell me on the emotion, not just the quality of the match. The emotion is why I'm going to watch. So for one rare second in time in history when it comes to this great, not sport of, of, of sports entertainment, but professional wrestling, I actually agree with Clack. 
So come on, put it here. Come on, put it right here. Come on, put it right here. Come on, huh? Come on, put it right here. Thank you. Wow. We have a virtual fist bump. I, this I can't is the first. I mean, I cannot it believe we waited until we went video to actually and get along. Agree. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. For me, I just think it's a, it, it, there are a few things happening right now. First of all, I kind of say that it is unfair to compare right now anybody to a Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Mankind, The Undertaker. Let me explain why. Because it That's is lightning to do, Lucy. Wait, 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 wait. It is literally lightning in a bottle to have had all of those people assembled at the same time. That's lightning in a bottle. Case in point, we are never going to have Prince, Michael Jackson, um, and Stevie Wonder, and Billy Joel, and Elton John all share the same space in their prime. That's not going to happen. Okay, they are a special kind of genius. I think, quite frankly, what you had there during the Attitude Era, you didn't even have during what was considered the Golden Era, you know, where you had Hogan and you had Piper. Um, but when you think about the big guys, you had only one, one or maybe two carrying it. And quite frankly, you only had one because the problem that they had trying to replace Hogan, they tried with Savage, they tried with Warrior, they tried with Brett. They, they, they tried, yeah, they, Sid Vicious, they tried with a number of people. So I think it, it, the unfortunate part we have here is there's a number of things at work. You had amazing, amazing guys during that era that he speaks of. But what you also had was this. You did not have people trying to fit a formula to make it work. I agree. And so it's, and this is the same thing we saw in music, the same parallel. The music that we saw years and years ago, 30 and 40 years ago, was music that could not be put together by a record label. It was folks who had a passion for music. They loved what they were doing. They weren't trying to get rich. They just loved music. And their love and passion for music caused them to get rich and create amazing songs. So the other thing that we have happening on top of that is you have a pandemic. Okay, and you remove the audience from the arena. And let's not let's not forget this piece. The people who would actually be draws on Raw and SmackDown have elected to stay home. But G G okay, so so here's my Roman's home. We may not have we may not have Prince, we may not have Billy Joel, but we do have Bruno Mars and Kendrick Lamar and other guys that can hold it down when it comes to the Grammys. The only thing that I'm saying is that I believe the one thing that's missing is they have yet to unlock the recipe of what the public wants well, when it comes to our appetite. But it's going to come, I think we're on the brink of it, because Vince is dwindling down. And what made Vince change and open up to the Attitude Era? Low ratings. Well, we're one was, step away from getting what we want. Well, it was a, it was a, it was the 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 cross between low ratings and the fact that they were in major trouble financially. Now, to your point, this could be what we're looking at right now, as when you're looking at monster low ratings on big companies like excuse me on Fox and on USA. When you look at then the last two weeks that Vince McMahon has had. And, 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 and gee, don't forget that we, we've been hearing that the network subscriptions are low. Well, and, and so I want to point all this out because there's a very interesting rumor floating around that I definitely want to address. Vince, Vince McMahon, first of all, let's talk about this. Before I get to that rumor, let's talk about Friday Night Smackdown. Vince McMahon shows up on television for the first time in many, many months many, many months. And I text you guys and I said, guys, I'm very nervous about what I'm seeing right now. Vince doesn't look well. He's talking very erratic. And uh, I'll talk about the rumors surrounding him in a second. But after watching the end of SmackDown Friday night, what did you think about the status and state of Vince McMahon? I think Tink needs a miracle. Tink said, I thought to myself, what? an amazing self-sacrifice moment to be at the edge of death and to come. And I, I guarantee you when Vince showed up, Triple H in the ring, HBK, I guarantee you that moment had more ratings than any of the other crap that has come on WWE. Actually, let me tell you it what happened. It looked more like HBK bye-bye and what? Triple 
Triple H is triple, huh? What actually I mean, happened is the ratings for the second hour of SmackDown were lower than the first hour of SmackDown. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the hour. I'm talking about the moment the three well, of them were no, in No, 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 no. Let me tell you. you, you Traditionally, the moment they would have shown up would have been enough to make up for what happened on the first 45 minutes. It didn't. Brandon J. Clack and the J stands for please get over yourself. You mean to tell me <laughs> that you were excited when Vince McMahon came on the screen? Of course he was excited. That's his dad. Why? It felt like a, it, it felt like a life raft. It, it felt like hell. Yeah. Me, it didn't feel like a life raft. Once life raft that he has left to give. When he opened his mouth, I got very concerned. <laughs> I was legit concerned. We're literally watching Vince flow, flow down the river of heaven, of Zion. <laughs> Just, I mean, either float down the river of heaven or float down that heated jacuzzi to you know where. Oh, my gosh. Don't put him in hell. Listen, he's the thing that I'm If I get 10 minutes with Vince, his name's going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. <laughs> I don't think so. I think, I think Vince doesn't I, – I would dare say that Vince believes he doesn't need a savior. Well, Vince no. plans on throwing pay-per-views in hell. You're too busy basing this off of his on-screen character. All right. Oh, he has a. Then in that case, in that case, I look forward to worshiping beside Flair. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. So I let's get back to I, here. I hope you make it in. Is <laughs> going to the big deep fryer. No, no, no. First off, Flair is a believer. Did you see him on Austin's podcast? The way that he Flair is a believer in multiple women in multiple states. <laughs> but he's a believer in the destruction of a liver and a kidney. He's a believer, but it doesn't. It just, golden, I guarantee you, Flair outlives Vince. No, he won't. I'll, I'll bet you one no. dinner he outlives him. Oh God. Okay. okay so wait. Let's let's, I let's get to you. Flair will die before Vince. You're right. Oh God. Wait. 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 Okay. We 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 are we are going left. So here's the deal. I want to find well whichever way. I just left that way. So here's the deal. My concern right now is for the state of Vince McMahon and the state of WWE. There is a rumor, and I don't like to talk rumors, but we have to. Vince McMahon um, is in the news yet again because there's a rumor allegedly put out by Dutch Mantel who tweeted and said that he overheard the idea that uh, WWE is in talks um, to being sold to either Disney or ESPN as soon as mid-May. In light of the XFL going belly up, in light of the fight that Vince and WWE have had for essential personnel, in light of all the money that was lost at WrestleMania, in light of the incredible amount of layoffs and furloughs that have just happened in WWE, do you see a realistic possibility of WWE being sold to either Disney or ESPN? Clack. Here comes the ultimate bailout. I have three words for you. The last dance. If you have been paying attention to the last dance, the vulgarity, the, 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 the rawness, it smells the like F word. 1997, 98. It smells like the Attitude Era. And I'm yeah. telling you now, if ESPN gets its hands on WWE and takes the brakes off, and stops catering to Noah's generation to be wrestling fans. And it get you said we're on the brink of the people getting what they want. Guess what we want? We want the Attitude Era back. You start letting risky stuff happen. Awful conversations. How dare you say that? You start letting that kind of controversy come around the air. It don't matter if the building is full or empty. Long live ESPN. The last dance is proof that we need a Dennis Rodman type conversation on WWE, I hope they sell tomorrow. Wow. I never expected you to and say 100%, that. And 100% too. I don't, I don't want any stakeholders. I don't want anybody else having any other, anything else to do with it. Give it all to ESPN. Now, don't you know, if you give it to Disney, it's over. It's over. Okay. We're, it's dead. We're dead. If it goes okay. to Disney, it's over. No, no. D Disney actually uh, has, has controlled some cutting-edge stuff. As a matter of fact, you got nothing. Have you seen what Disney has done to Star Wars? Bye. I've never actually seen Star Wars. Wait, 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 You've never seen Star Wars? No, the only Marvel comic I've ever seen is Black Panther. 
I I knew that's why I made you a little off. I, I, a little I, off. I hate to say this in public. It, if anybody knows Courtney, but he's got this weird little like humor, this little twins, this little thing on him. Uh, it's because he's never seen Star Wars. You know, you got you got a little. <laughs> re, 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 really quick, so the people can know what I have. Could you do that again? <laughs> You don't know who Darth Vader is? Uh, I've heard of him. You've heard of him. Where's your father? Or something like that. Wow. This is really sad. You are about as bad as the woman who was on Jeopardy the other night, and they asked the question, who was the great leader um, from the Zulu Nation? And they showed a picture of Shaka Zulu, and she responded, Shaka Khan. I am concerned about you, Courtney, if you've not watched Star Wars by now. We all grew up on Star Wars. Uh, Y'all grew up. I I grew up on these four men right here. Rick Flair, Arn Anderson, Barry Wyndham, Tully Blanchard. Who needed a lightsaber when you had Space Mountain? It all explains so much now. It it really does explain quite a bit. I I get you, man. So, so Courtney, what are your thoughts on WWE and this rumor of them potentially selling to ESPN or Disney? It's sad because, and here's why it's sad, somewhere along the journey, Vince and Shane just couldn't do it. They, they just, it was too much McMahon in one space. We all knew early on that Shane was being groomed to be the leader. Somewhere they fell out and Stephanie came up and, and Triple H murdered, and that tandem became the new lead of what Vince was building. I, you know, I, I, I sit and think about what it could have been because as much as we talk about Vince making sacrifices, as much as we've talked about uh, Stephanie and Triple H, uh, has Shane had some of the best battles we've seen? Can you remember him and Kurt Angle when Angle threw him multiple times against the glass until it broke, where Vince almost came out and stopped the match himself and was yelling at the referee from Gorilla to stop it? So it makes me wonder what would have happened had Shane and Vince been able to coincide, the rumor is, is that Linda went to them and said, one of you has to go. Uh, Shane decided to take a job elsewhere. Then he came back later. So I just wonder what that would have looked like if that could have worked. This is sad to me to watch WWE uh, be sold to someone or something outside of a McMahon entity. He purchased it from his father. He turned it into something great. And now it's being sold to an entity. Wrestling should not be in the hands of an entity. It should be in the hands of someone who understands it. Here's the reason why I said my beloved WCW was sold to AOL Time Warner. And they didn't know what to do with it because there are some execs, no matter what it looks like on paper or whatever revenue stream is bringing in, it's still going to be bingo hall, wild, wild west, as Jimmy Cornette would say, uh, mud slinging wrestling. I can't say all that he says. So to me, this is sad. If I've said it once, I've said it twice. Vince McMahon is a saint and deserves a better legacy than this right here. Will you please consider that they're going to a sports organization? It's and that's my attention, class. If you begin to treat it like you treat the NBA, the three of us watching here know it's not going to be the same. Well, All I'm saying is I would rather them go to a sports hub than to go to a cable company. Be, be much, much like what happened with your beloved WCW. Part of the reason that they died was that they went to a cable company, AOL yes. Time Warner, um, as opposed to a sports venue. I, I think this, I, I find it unfortunate that um, Triple H, Stephanie, and Shane won't get the same opportunity that Vince got. Vince had the opportunity to purchase this regional promotion from his father and turn it into something great. Now, granted, he had a vision, and we'll get into that vision in a second, but part of him having that vision was also having the capital. Has he created a scenario to even offer it to Stephanie and Triple H? Quite frankly, Stephanie is responsible for a lot of the branding. Triple H is responsible for a lot of the, you know, obviously creative and that type of vision. I don't understand why Vince doesn't give them the opportunity unless two things. One, perhaps they're not interested in owning the company, which, you know, there there are some opportunities there. And perhaps number two, there could be more money involved in getting ESPN or Disney involved. Here's one thing that's held true with Vince McMahon the entire time. He loves money. And whatever is going to get him the most amount of money 
is what's going to be uh, the most intriguing option for him, which is why I think these last two weeks, the uh, loss of WrestleMania, the loss of the XFL, all of these losses, which have really totaled a ton of money, probably more money than we can account for, it has to be weighing very heavily on him. And I know we consider him heartless and things of that nature, but if you love money the way he does and he's lost that amount of money, it's going to have an impact on you. And let's not forget, Attitude Era Vince was in his early 50s. Current Vince is in his 70s. It's a Man, far different. I agree with world. that. I agree. Hey, Clyde, you, you, you think like Vince, do you think that the XFL going belly up, if you will, just took a toll on him emotionally? No. I, I don't think he was as invested in the XFL. It didn't he put much. half a billion dollars in there. I get that, but that's not blood, sweat, and tears. He didn't have he didn't have the time spent in the XFL. I don't think it took a toll. Was it disappointing? Sure, but when you use the word "did it take a toll," that is a, that's a consistent emotional battle that he has not made it out of cyclically. And I don't think that he is that it's taken a toll. Was it disappointing? Maybe. I'm, here's why I'm going to disagree Vince with maybe that. Maybe setting up for a presidential run. Remember, I said it here first. Uh, the reason why I dis. We don't have a – you better be glad, boy. We almost, <laughs> we almost needed censorship. You should have seen the Rolodex of options that came through my brain. Oh, I forgot we're videoing. <laughs> we oh, are on video. I debate me. You tried to debate me, fam. <laughs> but, God. Here's the reason why I think it's taking a toll on Vince. Vince is a prideful man. And you have to go back to the yeah. fact that Vince in 2001 – tried to do this same thing with the XFL and it didn't work for different reasons. But then to really understand why it could take a toll, you have to go back to the late eighties, early nineties for a thing called the WBF, the world bodybuilding federation for decades. Vince McMahon has been trying to establish himself outside of the world of pro wrestling and build some entity to be able to say, Hey, look, I'm not just a wrestling guy and all of them have failed the wbf failed the xfl has failed not once but twice and what makes the second time his political career his wife's political career he's been trying to establish all of these things because and i'm going to say something and i know i'm on video and this could be dangerous but that's why you're watching right here's the challenge i think vince doesn't really love wrestling he doesn't love wrestling. He loves entertainment. He doesn't love wrestling. Because if you loved wrestling, you wouldn't fight so hard to distance yourself from it. In the 80s, not calling it pro wrestling, but calling it sports entertainment just to be able to make more money and to get more advertisers and to be viewed more favorably in the light of the mainstream. He's done everything he can to not call it wrestling it's a wonder we even have wwe he took the federation away and put the entertainment in because he's far more interested in being an entertainment venue than he is a pro wrestling entity well because they got because of the lawsuit they had to get the f out well think about this he vince lost to the world wildlife fund he beat he beat the government why couldn't he beat that he beat the government (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So my my concern with all of this is I don't think Vince is as committed to pro wrestling. I think he's committed to entertainment. I think he's committed to money. I think he's committed to establishing himself outside of pro wrestling because at at his core, I think think he still views pro wrestling as wrestling. So you're saying Vince is a 70-year-old pastor? I didn't say that, uh, okay. but but let me say this. Let me let me and let me tell you what's furthering this narrative. Did you guys happen to watch? And I'm not sure if you had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring from last night with Dr. D. David Schultz. No, we never watched because we live for your updates. Well, and I and I knew that would happen. I was hoping beyond hope you'd watch it because there's a such a larger discussion that comes from this. But um, what's that? What'd you say? Hope beyond hope. I hope see what beyond you hope. Yeah. So you just can't escape it. 
So let me, it, let, me, let me run down what happened for those who missed it. First of all, do you guys remember Dr. D.D.? I remember exactly what he did. Mm -hmm. uh, How about you, Clack? Are you familiar with Dr. D. David Schultz? Uh, I'm still stuck on trying to figure out if I love wrestling or entertainment. But no, I don't remember him. Okay. So for those who aren't familiar, Dr. D. David Schultz, and I remember watching this as a kid when it happened. Dr. D. David Schultz uh, was a part of the WWE and was a part of other organizations. But as part of the WWE, a certain John Stossel from 2020 on ABC decided to do an expose on pro wrestling. And it was in this moment where the business truly changed because prior to this moment, pro wrestling was very well protected. And now they grab some disgruntled wrestler to try and share the secrets of pro wrestling. And I remember it like I watched it yesterday. But the thing that everybody remembers is he interviewed Dr. D. David Schultz in Madison Square Garden and asked him, is pro wrestling fake? Dr. Dr. D. David Schultz. Dr. D. pops him in one ear. Dude gets up. He pops him in the other ear. Dude takes his tail between his legs and runs off. So there's a lot of other... Uh, Dr. D. David yells, is that fake? <laughs> right. And so then what many forget is shortly after that, he went to the ring to wrestle a match against Antonio Inoki. Loses the match to Inoki, comes back and is ordered by Vince to leave because there's so much heat about what happened. Vince then says, hey, listen, I want you to go to Japan and let all this blow over. And when you get back from Japan, all will be well. Well, all wasn't well. He became known for this for the rest of his life. When he got to Japan, they wanted him to do the same thing in Japan and smack a, uh, smack a reporter and things like that. When he came back to the States, uh, nobody would really hire him because they said he was too difficult to work with. Well, there are a couple of things in here that I did not know that really kind of threw all this off. First and foremost, Dr. D. David Schultz did not do this of his own volition. He was told, according to him, by Vince McMahon, hey, there's a reporter out there who is um, trying to question the nature of the business. I want, you, <laughs> I want you to go out there and be fully Dr. D, rough him up. So he did that. And then not long after, uh, about a year or so later, Dr. D, David Schultz was fired from WWE. Uh, I, I don't want to give the whole story away, but it had a lot to do with WrestleMania, an encounter with Mr. T. And then perhaps what was the greatest slap of the face of all was that Vince McMahon, a couple of years later, would look to change pro wrestling from being viewed as a sport to telling the world, hey, this is predetermined and we are now sports entertainment. And do you want to know why he did that? Because he wanted to avoid having to pay the fees and the taxes that these uh, sports commissions from each state would charge you for bringing wrestling into that particular locale. So again, I say, Vince McMahon was not, Vince McMahon could arguably be responsible for giving the business away. Listen, if I've said it once, <laughs> I have said it twice. This Kennedy McMahon is the doggone devil. Oh, boy. Okay? Listen to me. This man, it, no, no, don't sit over there and rub your beard because you'll probably have something different than I am to say. And I'm certainly not paying attention to the chat room because we all know we have the dumbest fans in all of wrestling podcasts. You can't say that on camera. Oh, my God. They are the dumbest fans in all wrestling podcasts. Have you seen the stuff that they write in the chats? They're not the smartest bunch of fans. Oh, my God. And so when you think about a Vincent Kennedy McMahon, this is the devil. He's How many people, the dark side of the ring should just be called exposing Vince. Vince, what he did to Andre. Vincent Benoit. Vincent Dr. Death. Dr. Uh, D, whatever his name is. David. Vincent Jimmy Snooker. I mean, my God, it's going to be Vincent OJ next. We're going to find out that Vince gassed up the Bronco for OJ to drive down that highway in L.A. Oh I mean, God. have we had enough of Vince? 
Vince has called all. I mean, go, go, clack, well, let, let me hear what's on your little grieving heart for this 70 year old devil. You know, I feel like there are new levels to ignorance that you spew when you get on a roll. You, you remind me of the guy that when he finally gets in public, he don't know how to act and he just starts saying stuff. That, that's you today. Because what you Everything are, I've said is factual. What, what you are presenting, none of that stuff in its core is Vince's fault. Andre the Giant was a gigantic grown man who was not going to do anything he didn't want to do. He, Vince McMahon could not have forced him. I gave you your time. I, he was a grown man. He was not going to be moved to do anything he didn't want to do. Jimmy Superfly Snooker, didn't nobody tell you to rough up that lady? Benoit, and this going to be touchy for y'all. Didn't nobody tell him to, to go that far? All of those things that have taken place, all of those things that have taken place, you cannot hold Vince McMahon responsible for counter punches. He may, even if this thing with this Dr. D guy, whatever, even if this is true and Vince decided to stage it all and now he had, it backfired on him and now he had to go and say, let's just call it wrestling entertainment. How, how long, y'all not gonna like this, here it comes. How long do you expect me to believe that a missed right hand connecting with nothing and being oversold is real? How long are you gonna insult my intelligence? So Vince got in front of the curve because Wrestling Bots proves to all of us, go to the Instagram account, that there are missed moments, all right? It just happens. There's missed moments. Nobody's perfect. And sometimes you swing and it doesn't connect and you, and you fall out and it gives the, the common viewer a glimpse like, wait a minute, why did you do that? So Vince just got in front of it and called it Vince entertainment. Business. Vince got in front of it and called it entertainment and became a billionaire for it. No. No. That no. Is. Yes. No, not he by has more money today than he did when he when he when he pulled the sheets off. Yeah, and he possibly possibly almost has more blood on his hands too. And there are more wrestlers whose families will be generationally uh, financially strong for generations because of what Vince did. That's and so the state true. of Florida with that $18.5 million bribe that they just gave him. Florida's <laughs> going to be better as well. You want to talk about <laughs> we that? We aren't talking about that. You <laughs> always do that. I'm sick of you. Why do you always do that? You always, whenever I'm, whenever I'm killing you in a debate, no, 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 no. Stuff, don't you try to distract don't me. Play. I ain't distracted don't today. Play. I can see your little beady eyes, and I can see the dangly thing in the back of your throat through your dad. You're not confusing me today, brother. Don't do that with our fans. We have the best fans in wrestling, and you're trying to call. You, you see that? You did it right there. You did. You right. did it. You you did it right there. The little baby right. switch. When you're getting killed, you you try to lie and then pull something. You just call no. those people evil. You call Vince evil. Here's what people don't know: you actually worship Satan. There, I told you. <laughs> First off, I don't worship Satan. Second, our friends have been our fans have been too good to us for you to lie to them the way you do, Clyde. Jimmy got upset. He got a deity. Them little them little dolls, those are idols. Yeah, they are wrestling action figures. He prays to the idols of the four horsemen. I see you in there. You the devil. No, 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 no. You the devil. Don't, don't, don't beguile our fans. Our fans. I'm gonna pray the down goes Dagon. I'm gonna pray in the morning. All his wrestlers fall over and their heads and their arms come off. First off, what you don't remember is remember when Flair was sick and I laid hands on a Flair doll and Flair came back. God wants him to craft. Witch. No, 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 no. That is that's the equivalent of a witch stabbing somebody in a doll and be like, got up on that bed. You and Rick Flair and said, I'll rise again. I shall rise again. What is going on? I said 12,000 times, he's rise again. Y'all are some weird four horsemen soul tie. Exposes the devil. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. Oh boy. Uh, this, this is what happens. We don't have any breaks up here, G. There's I, I no know. Point. I know. I we need one. Um, so okay. All right. So you little Ric Flair demon knocked my hat off. 
That's right. He's switching music shit. Oh, God. So, all right. So, okay, a couple of other things, and, and then we'll, we'll get out of here. First and foremost, uh, there's a long list of people who have been furloughed and released by WWE. Fire. And, some of the, and some of the other names are starting to come out, and they include a legend. Gerald Briscoe has been furloughed. Uh, it was rumored that he was fired, but by his own words, he has been furloughed. Um, the hopes is that he'll be back. They're looking to bring people who were furloughed back in July, but there are a lot of names, far more names from NXT uh, than we originally knew, far more names in terms of producers, et cetera, et cetera, which, you know, when you start thinking about it, it could mean that WWE is in far more trouble than we initially thought. How much trouble do you think they're in to get rid of guys like Gerald Briscoe, guys like Fit Finley, guys like, you know, uh, so many of these now legendary names that we've come to know that have been released uh, by WWE. Does it really indicate, last week we thought they were heartless, but does it really now show that they're in big trouble? Gerald Briscoe was probably being paid for loyalty. Uh, we've not seen Joe. I mean, he was, he was, he's called Vince's trusted advisor, which simply means I don't want to fire my homie. He's been good to me. Thank you. So, wow. so uh, Daryl wow. Briscoe should have seen the writing on the wall a long time ago. Wow. And, uh, let me tell you this. If you work anywhere and you are a trusted advisor and the leader is aging, uh, to the point of very close retirement, so are you. You ain't going to be there. You're going to get fur load, real low. Goodbye. Bye, Joe Briscoe. We love you. Jeez. Him and his brother were great tag teams, too. They were a great tag team. A great, great tag team. Uh, Clack, do you have any thoughts on, on the furloughing of, of Gerald Briscoe? Uh, I think that Gerald had a great run, and I would not be surprised if there was some type of package for him behind the scenes. He's okay. fine. He, he is not hurting. He, he, he is okay. Yeah. Okay. We've lost all the good Geralds. Gerald Levert, Gerald Briscoe, Geraldine, all the good Geralds are gone. <laughs> Geraldine, what's wrong with you? Okay. All right. So a couple of other quick things. Gerald Bonner. <laughs> uh, Rings, do people do that to you? Uh, regularly, actually. Gerald. There's no L. Gerald Bonner. Regularly. My, my favorite uh, presentation of my name, of somebody getting it wrong, I was at an event, and I was sitting on the front row, and they were like, we are so excited to have Gerald Bonnerfied with us. Would you please stand? I'm like... They messed both of them up. They messed it all up. It all messed up. All right, so in the world of Ring of Honor, um, things are getting very, very weird. I don't know if you're familiar, but their former world champion, his name is PCO. Um, PCO is the former Pierre Oulette, who was a part of the Quebecers in the WWE. Well, PCO um, is the, was the former champion and has done some pretty odd things in our world. I watched at a TV taping where he did a tope suicida on the other side of the ring where there were no wrestlers, and he landed face first on the concrete floor bled like a stuffed pig, and finished the match. He's a weird guy. Well, perhaps the level of weirdness has gone to a new plateau. As there is actual video that surfaced this past Monday of PCO trying to rid himself of the coronavirus. <laughs> PCO actually got a bottle of Lysol his agent or whoever his guy is took a syringe to the bottle, injected some Lysol into the guy's arm to beat coronavirus. And he tagged, you know, Trump and all these other things. Besides wondering whether or not this was a work, and actually I don't think it's a work, um, what is really going on? I mean, like, there are real people who have ingested themselves, uh, injected themselves with these, these disinfectants, but now wrestlers are doing it? Should we just look at this as a crazy one-off, or is there a larger narrative here? This is CTE till its finest. CTE can't trust everybody. This man right here. That's good. Guys, do not inject yourself with anything. And this man chose a Lysol. Hey, you know what? Next time, inject yourself with Fabulosa. How about that? Fabulosa, go all the way. Fabulosa. Oh 
God. Killing germs and smelling good for 20 years. Inject yourself with Fabulosa. And to everybody watching this stream who uses Fabulosa as a fragrance and not a cleaning substance, inject yourself. Mm. Okay. Clack, you want to add anything to Is this? he still alive? Apparently. That was a couple of days ago, though. So he, I, who knows? He might be yeah. gone right now. I don't know. That's really oh. hard to say. Oh, you know, I just think it would. I like it to be noted that where he works, quite possibly, has. <laughs> <laughs> it was the it was the print. It was the dance backwards. Yes, the most. Yes, <laughs> it was the rewind. Rewind. I would just like to suggest that works could quite possibly have to do with some of the conclusions that he's come to. Oh, so you think it's a Ring of Honor issue? We've heard no cases of it in WWE or AEW. And Ring well, of Honor is known for foolishness. Well, Ring of Honor currently isn't working. Um, WWE is, e is working in a rather controversial environment. And let me tell you who else and, I learned this week. He had, had one John call in last week and report them, not to be confused with one John Murray. Yeah. Well, well. He's on a reporting spree, isn't he? He is on a reporting spree right now. Um, I will say this, though. That's what friends are for. <laughs> that is what they're for. WWE is uh, working. AEW is working. And whether you know it or not, Impact Wrestling is working. Impact Wrestling uh, just followed suit like WrestleMania. They had a two-night pay-per-view called Rebellion um, that they put over two weeks in front of an empty arena. And as part of that, Tessa Blanchard, who is their world champion, was supposed to be there to defend the title. Could not make it, and as a result, there was a triple threat match, and now Moose is your TNA world champion in front of Empty Arena. Kind of weird. I guess we'll sort this out to see uh, who the real world champion is. Uh, do you have any interest in the fact that Impact is still working in the pandemic, or does that not matter to you? Okay, very clear. All right. Moving right along, um, let's get into this because I know this is something we wanted to talk about and we talked about this in our text chat. Um, this is going to be something kind of new to the faction, but I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, today is Wednesday and we're going to call it Way Back Wednesday as we go back and talk about one of our favorite matches of all time um, and give our spin, our take on it, perhaps our takeaways, what we learned, what we love, et cetera, et cetera. Today, we're going back to 1998, King of the Ring, uh, June the 23rd, uh, 1998, if my dates are correct, uh, happening in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And nobody remembers the main event because the match that literally stole the show that has everybody talking almost 21 years, 22 years later, is the match that took place between Mankind and The Undertaker. Inside hell in uh, a cell. We're on top. Or on top. Or through. Or what have you. So I want to just talk a little bit about our takes on Hell in a Cell. Um, what did you think, if you can remember when you originally watched that match, what your thoughts were? And then we'll find out afterwards what you think of it now, if it kind of stands the test of time. So Clack. Clack, um, fast forward it. Oh well, no. oh, well, Clack, let me ask you, when you first watched this match, what did you think about Hell in a Cell? What was your takeaway after you first watched that match uh, in 98? 1998, I am an avid lover of the NBA. I love the Bulls. But at that moment in the month of June, nothing else mattered. When I saw Mankind get thrown off of that cage, I said, my God, I've seen the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. in, at that stage of my humanity, at that stage, that was up there with getting saved for me. That's fair. It was, it was that close then. Uh, as I fast forward and look to it now, it is the hinge on which I open the door. You know how like when somebody says, hey, I'm a new believer and I want to know where I should start reading and, and you typically say the Gospels or the book of John is what I say. Somebody says, hey, I want to start with, uh, I'm interested in wrestling, where should I start? I point them here. I take wow. them no place else 
This is the hinge that opens the door for discipleship for all wrestling converts. Pastor LeBrian friend, Fanica friend, all of the friendlets. I sat them down in this here couch and they were glued to that match. Every Tuesday night, Pastor LeBrian calls me at around oh, 8.30, 9.30 p.m. He says, I'm in the gym. Give me a match to watch that rivals this. And what's your answer? I struggle. I struggle. I, I, I just send him something where there's blood. Because at that point, it, he's, he's looking for brutality. Because that's what this is. Mm-hmm. So to the fan that's just coming to this, it's so aggressive. It's so in your face. You can't really send them to a technical match that we may enjoy. You got to give them something hard-hitting like this. Because this he's literally starting on top of the cage. Interesting thought process. I have a, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Courtney, what are your thoughts when you first watched Hell in a Cell 98, Mankind and the Undertaker? Which I remember I- thinking Undertaker's getting arrested and going to jail. Wow. What we just witnessed mm-hmm. is manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someone mm-hmm. is going to jail. Yeah. And when Mick Foley got off of the stretcher, yeah. And with a bad shoulder climbed back up to the top of listen, man, it doesn't get any more dramatic than that. The, I mean, Mick is down. The, the they're raising the the cell. Undertaker's on top. He admittedly says, I don't know where I am at that moment because I'm so locked in. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and here's something that lets you know how big it is. Vince comes down. Yeah. Yeah. Vince comes down. Vince thinks, oh my God. He's dead. Mm-hmm. We have watched a wrestler die. Mm-hmm. Mick Foley's dead. His wife said that she took the kids and left. It was just crazy. We see that. And, guys, listen, you got to remember, 14 days prior to that, on June 14th, we just watched Michael Jordan go right with his left hand, guide Byron Russell down, pull back, and hit the game-winning shot against the Utah Jazz for what we believe was Michael Jordan's last time on a basketball court. And one 14 days later, we see something which trumps that moment right there, which is mankind versus Undertaker. I am with Clack. The novice person is not going to like the wrestling matches I like, just like the novice person is not going to sit around and listen to Miles Davis with me all day. If I'm making an introduction into the sport of professional wrestling and I need to galvanize them from the very onset of the conversation, I'm taking them to hell in a cell, Undertaker. He fell through the roof. We talk about the scripture where they let their friend down through the roof. Undertaker literally let his friend down through the roof. He threw him down through the roof, actually. So I agree with Clack. It's the Gospels. It's where it starts. It's where your mind is blown. It's where Jr. and King are at their best. They even thought he was dead. It doesn't get any better. I, I will say this. I, I think um, when I watched the match, it was just like, holy cow, what just happened here? What just um, happened? Really, any of there, those. There he is. There's Vince right there. there. Angel, he is yes. checking on somebody Be, because, because he has a heart. Man, that, that man has a. Well. Well, here's here's the here's the there's a lot of tensions with this, and we could probably do an entire podcast just on this match, because this match, um, by many accounts, really is a thing that you know many say it was a turning point in the war between WCW and WWE. Um, I looked at it when I watched it like this is unbelievable. It set the bar so high for Hell in a Cell that there's never been in 21 years another Hell in a Cell match to remotely come close. No. And I think that's because Vince realized the level of brutality in this, if it's duplicated again, we're going to have a, a, a true casualty. Um, I mean, let's think about some of the enduring images. We talk about the image of, of mankind coming off the top of the cell. But let's not forget the enduring image of his tooth through his nose, okay? That's not a, a booger or some other <laughs> paraphernalia. It is his tooth that has come through his mouth, up through his nose, and he is smiling. 
I'm doing homework for this. And Cornetto walks out and said, hey, isn't this a match where his tooth goes through his nose? Exactly. You know, I, I'm going to say this. Here's the reason why I wouldn't use this match as the introductory match for a wrestling fan. To me, it is like presenting the greatest song someone's ever uh, sung to somebody. And they go, wow, what's next? You have nothing that can compare to that. There is nothing, and I'll tell you, going back and watching that match, I've watched it several times, and I still say it is the most violent, brutal match that I have ever seen. And I've seen some crazy stuff in ECW. I think ECW at times can be just flat-out gory. But when you look at this match, it starts with throwing you off. And here's the thing. There were so many things that happened in this. I hit the rail. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. If yeah. Well, that's when when he felt when he right there when he ah! falls through the cage when he falls through the cage when you watch it in slow motion a chair comes down right after and pops him in the head. So if you think about it, if there's anything in this match that goes three degrees to the right or three degrees to the left, you have an absolute casualty on your hands. What? How do you? How did Mick Foley, being 300 pounds, not fall directly on his head when he was thrown off the top? Because he was just literally tossed. When Terry Funk runs in to check on you, you know you're almost dead. And gets choke slammed literally out of his shoes. And Taker almost uh, tore his ACL when he jumped down there. Yeah, I don't know because, really? he, because, because he jumped from the top. He almost tore his ACL. Yeah. I mean, th there's so much to this match that I think – um, is why it was never duplicated. And, you know, here's the thing. When you have something like that, I remember the next Hell in a Cell. Well, actually, strangely enough, the match that was supposed to be the main event, the first blood match between Austin and Kane, turned into a Hell in a Cell. And it was just like, what do you do? Think about, think about how significant that match had to be for anything involving Steve Austin to play second fiddle. Listen, yeah. I, I just remember when I went back and watched it. No, no, no. Jesus. Jesus. They had to kill time and keep showing the replay. Yeah. Because yeah, by yeah, God, yeah. he was dead. But think about this. Then they actually had a match after that. After those two things, they had a match. And let's be clear, right? Like nowadays, we see, again, guys making calculated risks and things like that. But they're also light enough and acrobatic enough. You're dealing with two bona fide heavyweights here. Nobody's under 300 pounds in this match. Yeah. And they're flying off the top. So, so gravity does what gravity does, right? So him falling off and being thrown Not off. Not to mention he's going through thumbtacks in a minute. Right. I mean, so the fact, and, and think about when he landed outside, he, he went through the table and his half of his body was under the guardrail. So he fell and slid. Like, it's, it's, it's really mind-boggling that he even <laughs> survived that match. Look, and there's a tooth. There's a tooth through there. It, 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 is, it, it is a crazy moment. To people have to go back and watch this match. If you're looking to see where to start, this is what, King of the Ring? <clears throat> it's King of the I Ring, mean, 98. Pittsburgh Civic Center. I say this. I don't think that should be the first match. If you're new to the wrestling business, that shouldn't be the first match you watch. You know why? Because you'll never find anything that rivals that, and you'll be disappointed with the business. It'll it's be like, up and over the first and last. Listen, it's like when people put out their best single as their opening single, and now you want me to buy the record, and the rest of the record pales in comparison. It doesn't work. I think there are other matches you can give them that are a great introduction, and you lead them to this, and by the time they get here, they're going to want to watch everything, but nothing will really compare to this particular body of work, which is just unbelievable. There are some great Hell in a Cell matches that have happened ever since. People have had to be creative because everybody can't fall off the top, but it's still the measuring stick. When they hear Hell in a Cell, all people want to know is who's going to the top and who's coming down. And no one has ever come down like no. this before. No. And I think they I'll even. Be one where they won't necessarily be too disappointed. Royal Rumble 2000, Triple H, Cactus Jack. I think that's a great match. I think you could it's look not at this. No, no, no. I think, I think you need to give them something special that's not this. And there are other matches, I think, 
that you could give them. Quite frankly, I would take them to WrestleMania 25, HBK and Taker. I think that match, um, without any of the extra trappings, was just a fantastic match to get you locked in that would lead you to some of the trappings that a Hell in a Cell has. But I think... Uh, I'm going 2001 King of the Ring, Kurt Shane. Well, that's one of my favorite matches of all time. Kurt Shane, uh, 2001 Hell in a Cell. I think it was just masterful what they did there. And again, it's even better because Shane is not a trained professional. And that was Angle's third match of the night. So I think there are some special things in there. There are a lot of other special matches. Maybe what we'll do is a podcast that has maybe our top 10 matches that not of all time, but that we would give to a new wrestling fan. I think the beginner's guide to wrestling. The beginner's guide to wrestling. So I think we're probably at our time. And I had one more topic that I wanted to broach, um, which I don't know if, if we should do it and just give it a quick answer and build on it later or save it for next time. What do you think we should do? Quick answer. You. Quick answer. Quick answer. WWE.com just put out an article this week that said that the New Day should be in the conversation amongst the greatest factions of all time. Agree or disagree? Uh, I, I don't agree with that. Ooh, we're split. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Okay, really quick. 30 seconds. Clack, why do you agree? Their tenure uh, with holding the title, longevity with that, uh, with so little to work with and the type of entertainment that they provided, I wouldn't necessarily base it off in-ring performance. Hmm. And Courtney, why do you say no? I think it's because of their in-ring performance. Not saying there's slouches in wrestling, but when I think of uh, faction, greatest factions ever, in the moments that I will walk away from wrestling, remember, they have not given me within my top five. When I think about the likes of the Horsemen, when I think about the likes of DX, when I think about the likes of the fabulous Freebirds, when I think about the likes of even Evolution, uh, I think that uh, that the, the New Day, they maximized the limits of the era that they were in, but they've still not gone over that threshold. So... I had not considered it before, but I do think it's probably worth having a conversation about for a couple of reasons. Um, what we like about great factions is the fact that they exude dominance. There was a point last year where Kofi had the world title and the other two guys had the tag team titles. You've got eight tag team title reigns among them, including the longest reign ever in the WWE of 483 days. You're talking about also a faction that has actually been together longer than almost all of those other factions that you've mentioned before. The Horsemen and their great run was pretty much for a year and a half, two years tops. Then they would come back with, you know, a person coming in, a person going out. It was never the original four. We saw what the NWO did. They ballooned to large numbers to where they were unrecognizable. And still their run was, say, 96 to the top of 99. DX, similar situation. Again, lots of changes within DX. The, uh, the New Day is perhaps one of the only factions. You have them, Undisputed Era, and Fabulous Freebirds. Who, well, and you can't even say about Fabulous Freebirds because they didn't maintain all their original members. Yeah, Undisputed but, 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 Era and New Day retain their original members, and New Day has been together, active, for five years. No other faction. Yeah, but I'll say this so we can get out of here. I'm not really looking at title reigns and title uh, holds for New Day. And here's my reason why. And musicians will understand this. Diana, Diana Ross doesn't have a Grammy. Correct. But she's still great. She's one of the greats. So I'm not going to count title reigns. What memories am I going to leave away with? What moments am I going to remember? That's my final statement. Mm. Mm, we've got moments for sure. All right. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed this very special episode of The Faction where you get to see us live and direct. Let us know in the comments if you like us on video and if you want to see us do more of this while we see his collection over and over again. Belts there. All right. Here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. Courtney Beard. Hey, hit me on Instagram. I, at, I am Courtney Beard. Courtney Beard on Facebook. Let's chat. Oh, my God. Clack. Brandon J. Clack on everything else that I got. Can't wait to talk to you soon.
And of course, you can reach me at Bonnerfied and you can reach us collectively at The Faction Show on Instagram, Twitter, and right here on Facebook. And I hope you guys are have enjoyed this. This has been a lot of fun. If you like it enough, we'll do it again as early as perhaps next week. All right, until then, it's your man GB, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack. Collectively, we are The Faction. I need my people